What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Teresa Pettis on the episode today. I'm so excited to hear her story out along with you guys. So with that being said, I'm just going to toss it at you. Let's start wherever you'd like. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, So my husband and I, we uh, got married in 2017. Um. Sorry, I'm like so nervous. I no, that's just, okay. Um, Dude, telling these stories is like <laughs> it's not easy. No. I mean, not only are you going to tell like a story on a podcast, but you're going to tell a very personal, vulnerable very personal, story. Yeah. Um. So we got married in uh, 2017, and we were together for eight years. Uh, we met in school. Um, we just had, you know, a normal life. We did fun things. We knew that we would always get married and, um, we really knew that we wanted to eventually start a family. Um, and so that part of our life, um, when we got married was, um, something that we were really looking forward to, um, We were uh, not trying, I would say, um, the year up to our wedding and then following our wedding. um, We kind of just thought whatever was going to happen was going to happen and we were just going to run with it. So um, we went on our honeymoon and that's kind of when we decided like, all right, we're still not going to try, but we're going to kind of try I guess so that was in September so we got married in June we went on our honeymoon in September um and then we were pregnant in October so it didn't take long um that moment I think um of peeing on your first pregnancy stick because I'd never had to pee on a pregnancy stick before I had no scares. Like I just, that was the first time that, um, that moment of, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to be a mom or, um, you know, just those thoughts of what's going to happen next. Um, those feelings were probably the best feelings that I've ever, ever experienced. And, um, the, funny thing is I read the label on the pregnancy box and it said to pee on the stick first thing in the morning because that's like when you get your best results so I literally bought the pregnancy test the night before and then it was like four o'clock in the morning I got up and I was like I have to pee on the stick first thing in the morning that's the only way that's the only way I'm gonna get the best results so it was like four o'clock in the morning and I 
woke up my husband like 30 minutes later because I just needed time to myself to process. And I woke him up and he was like still half asleep. And I said, hey, you know, the pregnancy test was positive. And he wears glasses. He couldn't even like see the test. And he's looking at it. He's like, okay, like, okay, let's do this. Like (laughs) there was not even like a sense of um, like – I don't know. For me, I felt like I was um, panicking, but like in a good way, it was like, I don't know. And he just was so casual about it. I'm pretty sure he like texted his mom and his friends within like the first two hours of waking up. He was like, hey, guess what? And sent him a picture and everything. And I was just like, okay, well, here we go. Everyone knows now. Um, I told my... Um, my sister and a couple of close friends and it was it was great that experience was amazing um so after that you know we obviously we went and got the formal testing done at the doctor's office and um the nurse came in and I was just sitting there by myself and she was like oh you're here for a pregnancy test I can I can tell and I was like okay she's like you just look pregnant and I was like oh I didn't know there was a look to you're like pregnancy (laughs) okay let's just take the test and confirm so um that we took the test the day before Thanksgiving um so we got pregnant obviously like conceived in October and so by Thanksgiving we found out we were pregnant um everyone was coming to our house for Thanksgiving that year and we have like this tiny little apartment um and that Thanksgiving morning was when I got the phone call that the the blood work that they did the day before was positive. So that was a lot to process with family there. And um, my husband said, what a perfect way to tell everyone. Um, Let's just tell them tonight, like when we're all here for dinner. So we did that um, and we recorded it, obviously. And um, I think back on that now and I'm grateful that we did because um, we won't ever get those feelings back I think you know the next time um, or anytime after that so um, the first time you find out you're pregnant it's one of those moments that you really want to like hold on to Um, so, um, I had all the pregnancy feelings. I was nauseous. I had, um, food, uh, aversions. I couldn't drink my coffee anymore. Um, I just, I felt pregnant and, um, it was great. I was so happy. I was like on Pinterest every day. I downloaded all the apps. I, told friends, I told coworkers. Um, and then I, um, it was, it was New Year's Eve and, um, we had no plans because we were just going to spend New Year's Eve together. Um, we were going to try to stay up for the ball and, um, we were just excited to start the new year together and with starting a new family. Um, it was probably 
like eight or nine o'clock at night. Um, and I just had this weird feeling like, I don't want to be too graphic, but like something was coming out. Yeah. Um, something kind of like a period. I don't know. And I, everyone could probably rela- relate, but um, I was like, okay, this is weird. Let me just see what's going on. Um, so there was um, blood as soon as I had gone to the bathroom. And I immediately knew that something was not right. Um, but I also had this feeling or this knowing that, okay, spotting is normal. I've heard that before. Um, maybe something is just going on that is going to take care of itself and I'll be fine. Um, but I told my husband and he was like, well, let's just call the on-call. So we called the on-call. They didn't really give us any advice other than you could wait it out or you could go to the ER. It was a holiday. You know, the first was the next day and no one's going to be working. Um, you can go to the emergency room if you want. Um, so I was like, I need to go. I can't, I'm not going to stay here. If there's any bleeding, I feel like you should be seen. You know, there's, there's no reason to sit at home and wonder and make it worse. Um, you know, make your anxiety worse or stress yourself out. So we drove down to the emergency room and I mean, that's just a process in itself. No one likes to go to the emergency room, um, let alone go because you're bleeding and you're 10 weeks pregnant. Um, and then telling like the front desk that right. Too. Why are yeah. you here? Oh, yeah. I'm bleeding. Okay. Is it your period? Like there was just so many questions that I'm like, no, I I'm pregnant. Like I am at that point I was 10 weeks, two days. Um, I had gone to all of my appointments. I had seen the heartbeat. I, um, I, yeah, it was confirmed that I was on track. I was 10 weeks. Um, I actually, when I went to my first appointment, um, I was seven weeks when they got me in and we did our first ultrasound. They actually, um, referred me to the uh, maternal fetal medicine um, and they just wanted to check something. They never, never told me really what it was. Um, they just were like, Oh, they, they said one, one thing. My sister was with me. She was like, Oh, let's just check to make sure that there's one baby in there, you know? And then, and then the ultrasound tech was like, Oh, well, we just want a second opinion. Cause it looks like there might be two. I'm like, Oh, okay. what? Oh, okay. <laughs> like you don't just say that to someone who's like on their first pregnancy. Yeah. So that was at seven weeks. And then we went to, um, uh, the, um, maternal fetal medicine. They checked me out. Everything was fine. I was like eight weeks, two days. And, um, she said, no, everything looks good. Strong heartbeat. Just one baby. You know, you're fine. Just keep going with your normal appointments. So that all happened. And then now I'm at 10 weeks, two days, and I'm in the emergency room with bleeding. Um, so we did all kinds of tests. We did blood work. They did a urine sample. Um, and 
we were just, my husband and I were just sitting in the emergency room, um, not really knowing what was going to take place. The nurses don't know how to handle um, miscarriage in the emergency room. I think there's, you know, a certain place for that to be handled and it's not in the emergency room. So I, I really wish that we wouldn't have had to experience that. But um, the on-call OB was not uh, free because she was very busy delivering babies on New Year's. And um, I just remember sitting there, they told me that some guy, some doctor that was certified in the technology that they had for the ultrasound um, equipment was going to come and do a, an ultrasound on me. And then we would decide what we were going to do from there. So he came in to the room like a minute before the ball dropped and we stood there with him or he stood there and was like, Oh, happy new year. Let's take a moment. We'll watch the ball drop. And I'm like, Oh no. Yes. No. Oh, we counted down. No. With Oh my gosh. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. So every new year is probably going to be the worst for the next few years. Um, yeah. So we counted down and then they turned off the lights and he, you know, explained what he was going to do. And he, and it wasn't, um, the internal, it was the, like on the, the, one that, the scan that they yeah. were doing on the top. Yeah. So he struggled for a while. He wasn't, he, he, I, it just, if he shouldn't have been doing it, I should have just, I can't change it, but I should have just like said, I'll come back. Like when someone professional is trained in this, he said, you know, I don't see a heartbeat. Um, but I can't confirm that, you know, your baby is no longer with us. Um, so you're going to have to come back tomorrow and we'll have our team do a, a full scan. Apparently they had people in, in, um, during the, the day to formally, I guess, confirm. So, um, Well, I mean, once we found out, I, it still didn't seem real because he didn't seem like he knew for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so we went home that night and... Um, Were you kind of like, well, that was pointless? It like, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I felt like I... <clears throat> didn't help your anxiety. No. Like it, didn't it didn't help at all. Nor, yeah. You didn't get answers. I didn't get answers. And I was at just a hot mess. I was... At that point, I had started to bleed a little bit more, um, and yeah, I just I needed to know. Just tell me if we lost our baby or not. Mm -hmm. um, so the next day, I actually had to go back to the emergency room by myself because um, my husband had started a new job and he had zero time off that he could take. So I returned and we went through the whole thing. They confirmed um, that there was no heartbeat. The baby had stopped developing at eight weeks and three days. So it was like the baby stopped developing after my last ultrasound, which 
frustrated me because we had confirmation that everything was fine. And then to find out that like a day after that, the baby stopped developing. Um, I just feel like I'm the type of person that needs to know an answer to everything or like my, every time I ask why, like I need someone to tell me why. And I didn't have that. I didn't have um, an answer as to why the baby stopped growing or what had happened. Um, I ended up miscarrying at home that day. So it was the first. um, And that probably was the most um, traumatic thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I didn't know what to expect and no one told me what to expect. And um, I, they, or they kept saying, it's going to be like a really bad period. And I said, okay, I've had some pretty bad periods. I can handle that. But they didn't tell me that it was going to be that times 10 And then the emotional and mental um, pain that you would feel along with that. Um, So I had passed the baby. um, And I think the hardest thing for me was not knowing if I had done that. You know, the you bleed, you see clots. Um, It's all going into the toilet. Like it's in the toilet. Like that was the thing that I couldn't, like I couldn't walk away from and not knowing what was left inside after you flush the toilet. Like that's the most painful thing is like, did I flush my baby down the toilet? Like, you don't, you, you don't know in that moment or like maybe your first time you don't know. Um, so yeah, that luckily I had, um, my sister here, she had come, um, she was actually living with us now that I think about it. Um, and my husband and his mom were all here. So I had like a troop of people, you know, in my house while all of this was happening. And I'm grateful that, that they were there to help. But um, I was able to confirm after, you know, the, the following day that um, I did pass the baby on my own. And I thought that, you know, everything was going to stop. I bled for like three weeks after that. Um, I, they did have me come in for a DNC to kind of take care of all the remaining tissue that was there. Um, that was two weeks after I had miscarried. So, oh, so it you had just, to do a DNC as well. Yeah. Which was, I would have just like, I don't know why they didn't just have me do it that night yeah. when I was in the ER. Um, because like my regular OB had me come in just to see if I had passed everything on my own. And he 
confirm that I did. But then he was like, come back in a week and I want to double check. And at that point, so that's now two weeks, I still had some tissue that was left. And he was like, let's just get you in and we'll just, we'll take care of everything. Um, So it just made the process, it just, everything lasted way too long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point I was, I had gone back to work. I was just trying to figure my life out again after being pregnant for 10 weeks and then to go back to life that I was no longer pregnant. Um, So that was my first um, miscarriage and pregnancy experience. Um, After that, um, my husband and I were... I think more ready to become parents than we were the first time. Um, we wanted it more than ever. And, um, we started trying, it was probably like May. So I miscarried in January. That was in the beginning of 2018. So we started trying again in May of 2018. Um, and it took a little bit longer, I think maybe because we were so focused on it and, you know, I was doing all of the tracking and the ovulation tests and, um, I just wanted everything to align and we, it was in September that I took a pregnancy test again. Um, and it was positive. Um, I actually didn't realize like that I was late until um, one, I was texting with one of my friends and she was also trying to conceive at the same time. Um, So she was like, well, why don't you just take one? Like you're right around that four day mark where you could still get your period or you, maybe you missed it. I was like, all right. I'll get one tonight and I'll, I'll take it tonight. Um, so I did and I took it at home. I was all by myself and I, when I saw the two positive, the two lines, (laughs) I immediately just started sobbing and I just remember like saying out loud, like, I need strength for this. I need some sort of support to get through this again, because not only am I worried about everything that happened before, I'm anxious about, you know, what the outcome is going to be for this pregnancy. And I just, I honestly just didn't know how to process it. Um, so I, I called my sister and told her right away. Um, and my husband was on his way home from work and she just reminded me, you know, this is what you've been working for. This is everything that you want and you can do this, you know, just one day at a time you can do this. Um, 
so we t- I told my husband he was so, so happy. Um, and he was so positive through you know, our first miscarriage and um, so positive through just everything in life. Like he just has such a positive outlook. It just, I don't, I don't know how he does it, honestly. Like I worry about everything and he worries about nothing. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just so good. Um. So we were super excited. Um, I wake up the next day and um, I have a text message from my friend and she was like, hey, like, did you take the test? Like, tell me, is it positive? Like, what were the results? Or So I sent her a picture and I just immediately called her because I was just too excited. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, you're pregnant. This is amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, did you see the picture that I just sent you? And I was like, no, what is it? And so I look, and she had a positive pregnancy test from the night before. I can't even, like, begin to tell you, like, that just – knowing that I had – something to look forward to and share with someone so close to me. I just knew that this time it was going to be different and it was going to be good. You know, I I just thought, how could this possibly go wrong? How could this happen again? You know? So at this point, I had switched doctors because I just didn't like the experience that I had at the first doctor's office. And I thought maybe a fresh start would make me feel better. Um, So I had seen a doctor before I got pregnant um, in OB. And um, so I had called her the the day after I found out um, I was pregnant and We just went through the whole process. You know, she asked me how many pregnancies this was for me and how many babies I had, um, which I know someone on your podcast had brought that up before, how painful it is to be asked that question or those two questions. And, you know, I said, this is my second pregnancy and I have no babies. Um, And so we did the blood work. They said, you know, let's just track your your levels this week. We want to make sure that they're going up normally. So I did a couple visits to the doctors. Um, and then they got me in around six weeks just to um, take a look, make sure everything was growing as normal. Um, during that time, um, my friend was also going through all of her new experiences. It was her first pregnancy. Um, so we were sharing everything. Um, for me being my second pregnancy, I felt like I kind of knew, I already like knew the ropes. I already knew what to expect. I already knew, you know, like the feelings and everything. Um, but then I realized like, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything because, um, I 
started to feel nauseous. I started to feel the, you know, the aches, the pains and everything. Um, and I just remember saying to her, because we shared everything. We, it, I wasn't in it alone. It wasn't just my pregnancy. It was ours. Like she had hers and I had mine, but we were in this together. We were, we're just, we're that close. We just shared everything. So um, I just remember telling her, you know, this, the, both of these pregnancies have to last. They have to be successful in order for both of us to be okay. And not in a bad way, not, you know, not, I didn't think that our friendship was going to be ruined or just, I knew the pain that I had felt before and the emotional stress and the mental, um, the mental pain that I experienced, I just couldn't go through that again. Um, so I, I had called my doctor around nine weeks, um, and asked for an ultrasound because my next appointment wasn't going to be until 10 weeks. And um, the woman that I talked to, she said, you know, we can put it on your chart and we can ask your doctor, but we'll need to get approval. Um, it's not common to just request an ultrasound. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not common. Like, no, I want an ultrasound and I, I need to know that everything's okay. Like I, I lost, my baby stopped growing at eight and a half weeks before. And now I'm at nine weeks and I just want to make sure everything's growing. Um, I never got a follow up and I thought, okay, I still have all my pregnancy symptoms. Like I should be fine. Um, so right around that 10 week mark, um, I still had, you know, like the, the anxieties of, okay, I'm, I'm at that point where, you know, I started bleeding last time. Let me just get to the next week. And if I can get to the next week, then I'm okay. And then, you know, then I just need to get to the 12-week mark and then I'll be okay. Um, I, I don't think that I could... Um, go through another pregnancy without those anxieties. Like it's never going to be the same. Um, I, I didn't even tell you this part. I got my due date right when, in my first appointment, um, my due date was June 23rd. And my, my friend went and got her first appointment. Everything was good. Everything was normal. And she called me and said, you'll never believe what my due date is. And I was like, it's got to be around the same time. You know, we just found out at the same time. 
so we shared the same due date, the 23rd. And I don't know. I just, everything just seemed too good, like too good to be true. Um, I started bleeding 11 weeks and like a day or two days. And it wasn't like it was the first time. It was very, very light bleeding. Um, probably no one else would have noticed it. Like it was that faint. Um, so I had gone to work and I thought, all right, again, bleeding's common. I've been told that multiple times. So let me just go to work and see, you know, what happens throughout the day or whatever. Um, and then we'll take it from there. I started passing clots at work and was like, let me just call my doctor. I left work right away, called my doctor and they were like, yeah, we'll squeeze you in, in between appointments and we'll do a quick ultrasound just to make sure. So I saw the ultrasound tech, um, with my husband and they, um, just like any room, they have the screen right above the, um, the, like the countertop or on the wall. And at that point from like this pregnancy, the previous pregnancy, this was like my sixth, seventh ultrasound. Like I knew what to expect. I, she pulled out the wand, like I knew exactly what was going to happen. And she just kind of like walked me through it. Um, and as she's doing like all the scans and stuff on the on the screen, I'm just like watching. And at this point, I was supposed to be 11 weeks. So I thought, okay, the baby's just a little small, like it should be bigger. Um, and when she zoomed in to check for the heart, um, she did it over and over and over and over again. And I knew without her saying anything that there was no heartbeat. And I just read like the little sign on the wall. It's like, you know, everything will be discussed with your nurse or like with your doctor or whatever. So I knew she wasn't going to say anything. And so I said it when she took the wand out, I said, there's no heartbeat. And she just grabbed my knee and she was like, I'm so sorry, honey. Like there's no heartbeat. And that was probably the first time that I had ever seen my husband actually cry. And I just, I cried, but I didn't have like sad tears. Like I was so mad and I just yelled like, why does this happen? Like, why does this happen? I don't understand. I don't understand how this can happen not only to me twice, but to any woman for that matter. Like, why does this happen? I immediately went into, you know, like, okay, I need to do this the right way this time. Like, I'm not going home. We need to do all the right tests. Like, I need to know what's going on because if I go through this again and I don't have any answers, I'm 
I'm not going to be okay. Like this, there has to be an answer for me. I need to know what's going on. Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with us? Like, what is it? Um, so we scheduled the DNC for the following day and the doctor had prescribed me, um, the medication. I can't even remember what it's called, but it's the medication that you take to like help with the process. Um, so I picked that up and we went home. Um, but no one told me when I was supposed to take that medication. And so I took it that day and I was fine. Um, I had to tell everyone that knew that I was no longer pregnant. I had to call my best friend. I had to tell her, um, you know, at this point she was just as far along. She was dealing with her own pregnancy symptoms. She was super sick and super, um, nauseous all the time. Um, And at that point, I actually, too, had stopped feeling as nauseous come, like, the ten-and-a-half-week mark. Um, But um, so I spent the day at home um, in bed, and the um, medication had started to really move things along. Um, And again, no one really told me that what was really going to happen. Um, I started getting like this pain in my back and, um, the bleeding started to pick up. Um, and for whatever reason, the doctor that I had seen that day decided to call me and check in and see how I was doing, which that was not something that had happened before. Um, So I told him, I said, you know, I took that medication and he was like, wait, what? You took the medication? Like, why? I was like, what do you mean? Why? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, you prescribed me the medication. You said it was for, to help with the process. Like I just took the medication. I I don't, I don't know. And he said, well, usually you take that, um, like an hour before your DNC. I was like, okay, well, thanks. Good to know. Like maybe next time, like, what do you mean? You don't, you don't say that. You just, I don't know. Um, I, I, at that point I was just so frustrated. I knew that I wanted to, um, make sure we did the DNC, like the full DNC so that we could collect everything. Um, so I started to panic a little bit, um, on top of everything else that I was already feeling. Um, I decided to call the on-call cause, um, this was Friday night. So obviously going into the weekend, like my OB wasn't going to be in the next day. I didn't have like the resources that I would if, if, if this was like the middle of the week. Um, so the on-call doctor called me back and she kind of talked to me through everything and she was like, you know, if you really do want a DNC, you might want to come in um, tonight if your bleeding picks up and, like, if your pain picks up, um, you know, just so that, that you're here and we can make sure that everything goes um, according to your plan. Um, so 
I don't know what it was, but after I talked to the doctor, um, it was like moments afterwards, I was like hunched over in pain. Um, I was so nauseous. Um, I was sweating. Like I, I just, I, it honestly felt like I could just fall over and it would all be over. Like I just, I was at that point where it was just the amount of pain that I was feeling like physical pain. Um, it was going to, it was just going to take me out. It was just going to absolutely knock me out. I, I had no control over like my body, my, my legs, my arms were given out. Um, my mom had actually come down that day after we had called her and told her, so she drove down to be with us, which was um, probably the best thing that we could have done because my husband couldn't even carry me out the door alone to get me to the car so we could go to the emergency room. Um, so I returned to the emergency room that I was at. This was, we're now like in the beginning of December. So this was almost a year after the first miscarriage. Um so we go back to the same emergency room. At that point, I, um, you know, I was physically sick. Um, I was sweating and they still were like, oh, like, we'll we'll get you in when we can. And they actually do like um, all your vitals out in the, the lobby. And so they were like, take my blood pressure. And I have no idea like what good blood pressure is or like what normal blood pressure is. But mine was so low that they like went into panic mode. They were like, we need to get her hooked up. We need fluids. We need everything. Um, the nurse, a nurse had come out and grabbed me. And as she's like wheeling me back to this room, she's like, it's going to be a chaotic, you know, it's going to be chaotic in here for a minute. Like, we're just going to get all your vitals and just make sure everything's okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean if I'm okay? Like, I'm not okay. Like, do you even know what's happening to me right now? And I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone really knew why I was there. They were just so concerned with the fact that, um, like my blood pressure had dropped so low and like they were more concerned with that. So they got me all hooked up. They get me like on fluids. They gave me pain meds because I was just like screaming in pain. Um, and then after that rush, everyone that had come in like I had one nurse and then a new nurse came on to our shift and then I had to like explain to every person what was going on again to people who really didn't know how to handle a miscarriage um so I just remember saying you know, I need the on-call OB down here because I need to know if I need a DNC right now or if anything were to happen. Like, I'm not going home. (laughs) We're doing this tonight because I'm not going to go home and lose my baby again. And I was just so worried about making sure that they were able to do the right tests and they were going to be able to collect everything. Um, so the, the on-call OB actually made it down and 
we talked and she explained like everything that I had heard before. And she said, well, why don't we just do an exam and see, you know, where you're at because you have a scheduled DNC tomorrow. Like, we'll just see where you're at. I was like, okay, we can do that. So I'm in a private room in the ER and they had to wheel in this special bed so they could prop my legs up. And like, it was just the most uncomfortable process. Um, so she sat down and um, she had, when she was talking to me before, she was kind of, you know, like, oh, like, you know, bleeding's normal and like the whole thing, whatever. And when she sat down um, to do the exam, she didn't even have two seconds um, to start until she was, like, she just completely changed her tone. Like, I miscarried on the table with her. And I knew, like, I just, I knew that that's what was happening when I was laying there. Like, I, I knew exactly I knew that feeling that rush that sense of loss and um it was just her the nurse and my husband in the room and she asked the nurse for a container and the nurse was like why well, I, I don't know and the doctor was like I just I need I need something to put this in and I don't think my husband realized what they were talking about. Um, And I'm glad that he probably didn't, you know, he probably just was not focused on the same thing that I was focused on Um, because they took the baby that I had passed and put it into um, a urine cup sample and then covered it with a purple glove and set it on the counter next to my bed and I just I remember like saying make sure you take that grab the cup like take that to the lab wherever it needs to go just make sure you take the cup um and I asked her to you know can you just explain like what it you know I didn't want to know what it looked like but I wanted to know like what happened to it you know like what happened to the baby like does it I don't know I just I needed her to say like no it looked normal or it didn't look normal but she she didn't have any any answers or anything but um one thing that she did say um she you know we were she wanted me to go upstairs to the um operating room that night just to to complete the DNC um and she said you know you have an efficient uterus and I was like oh I do because an efficient uterus I think would be able to hold on to a baby and not want to you know but I mean I think she was just trying to look for the right words and just yeah it came out it came out (laughs) not the right words yeah like (laughs) yeah, I have an efficient uterus when it comes to miscarrying. Like, it can take care of its job when it's... Yeah. 
but I don't know. I I never really did get an answer after that. Um, did they do testing? Yeah, they did. And um, I – so I got the call um, from the results, and they said everything looked normal. There was – there was no answer. They, they did say that they could tell me what the gender was. And I just said, I, that's not something that I wanted to hear by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, they, yeah, they didn't really say anything. I just, I had a follow-up appointment with my OB and you know, I thought maybe that's when we would talk about doing, you know, additional testing or um, maybe we would have some sort of plan. Um, but at that point, you know, she said, oh, what kind of questions do you have for me? And I had like a thousand questions and they were all just the generic answers. And um, one of the questions that I asked was, what do we do next time? Like, you know, I didn't think anything of it the second time you know getting pregnant I didn't think anything um about like you kind of just think like take, I'm it's the one in four yeah and, but now it's more than that yeah right right mm-hmm. and I was like so when I get pregnant next time are we going to do anything different and she said um well it's usually after three or four miscarriages do we consider you at risk and I'm like Okay, because that's how many I want to have. Like, yeah, what right. do you? I, I feel just yeah, wish that, that that bothers me so much. Why do? Why? Like, I think one is that's when one you should is start enough. doing testing because one is enough. Yeah, yeah. you were gonna send us all to the loony bin here. It's seriously, <laughs> seriously. I yeah. The se- after the second one, I I told my husband. I said like when we found out that there was no heartbeat the second time I said I cannot do this again mm-hmm. and at that point I meant like I can't do this again like I can't put my body through this again I can't become pregnant to do this again mm-hmm. um <clears throat> which was obviously something that I said in the moment because yeah. you're so said, mad yep I said it too yeah and you do you keep going you can do it again but right you really feel like you can't at yeah. some times. Yeah. Um, we ended up going and seeing um, a specialist because we're um, just outside of Boston. So we have, um, you know, some pretty good hospitals around. And I felt um, pretty lucky to have the opportunity to go and see a specialist. Um, but still, we did all of their normal tests and um, – it was a different experience. It was more positive. It was, they handled everything much better. Um, but everything is normal. Um, one thing that they did say was, um, and I've heard other women talking about taking like the baby aspirin, um, because I did have some higher level, um, like protein, some long protein, um, that was higher than normal, which, um, does lead to clotting. Um, but it wasn't an answer because, um, this, the doctor still was like, that 
it's not like the why, you know, that you need, but, um, you know, if you just take some low dose aspirin, it might help. Um, so that's what we're doing now. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We don't, we don't know, but it's hard. It's hard to not have answers. It's like, great. I'm healthy. Everything's normal, but it's, that doesn't, that doesn't help me move forward either. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel, yeah, it's difficult and you'll get through it though. It's just, yeah. Oh man. I think the most (laughs) important thing too, that I um, learned is just to like, be an advocate for yourself because I, I, I mean, I was in a sense, but I think I could have been better at it. Um, Me too. And I think you get better at it. Right. The time goes goes on. on. Yeah. But I agree. And it's like, this really is it, what seems like such a guessing game a lot of the mm-hmm. time for the doctors. So I always say, like, do your own research, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. Sometimes I felt like I was telling what the doctors what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, no. you almost come like a, a professional at it. Oh, you, know? you do. Yeah, for sure. A professional in, in mm. bo- bodily fluids and functions and everything (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness well hey I so am like in awe with you and I just think that you're such a badass woman and you're gonna get through this and I'm just so proud of you for sharing your story and using it for good and there's a purpose as hard as it is to find it Mm -hmm. but like the fact that you just told this and are going to help so many women like that. At least for me, that gave a lot of purpose to my story. And I hope that it yeah. did for you as well. Absolutely. Um, now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, I am on Instagram. Um, it's just at Teresa Pettis. Um, and I also have a second Instagram that I use just as like a, like a motivational girl group. Um, so that's at girl power underscore six one seven. Um, and I'm on Facebook too. But. Awesome. I will link those in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 